Welcome to the Estates Made Simple podcast. This is episode one, and my name is Gordon Vanderleek, and I want to introduce you uh, shortly to my co-host, Jenna Carvello. This, uh, we are on a mission to simplify the world of estate administration. It's complex, and we wanted to start this podcast to simplify it uh, for our audience. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, and uh, hopefully through this, we can ensure executors have the right tools for doing their their job. So a little bit of background about us. I'm a local wills and estates lawyer practicing in uh, Calgary, Alberta. Um, and uh, I've been a practicing lawyer for 34 years. I had a stint in uh, Ontario um, originally, then moved to uh, Calgary in 2001. And uh, uh, over my journey, I've been uh, for, for um, since 2008, established Vanderleek Law and I focus in on the areas of wills, estates, and trusts. We do a lot of work in the disability space as well, uh, helping families that have children with long-term uh, disabilities. Um, and uh, yeah, for uh, in in the past, Jenna and I have had good conversations, and we said, "Hey, let's start a podcast and <laughs> hit the record button for some of the good conversations we've had." So thanks, Jenna, for agreeing to uh, launch into this venture together. Episode one, uh, maybe maybe share a little bit about uh, your background, and then we'll jump into today's topic. Sure. Well, thanks, Gordon. I'm I'm excited to do this uh, new venture with you. I think it'll be a lot of fun and help a lot of people out there. Um, so for myself, I've been in this trust and estate industry for the last 12 years. 10 of the last 12 years, I actually acted as a professional executor and trustee, and I've seen the benefits and drawbacks of proper planning and, and misproper planning. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, to helping navigate a lot of these issues with the Canadian executors out there. I currently own and operate Guardian Estate Company, which specializes in helping executors connect with the right solutions to do their jobs, whether that's hiring a professional executor, lawyer, accountant, anything required to navigate through the different steps of the estate administration, I, I'm happy to help. Um, so let's let's get started. Let's jump right in. We should. I'll do the lawyerly disclaimer here at the front end. Of course, <laughs> we're giving information and I think we're both our personalities is to share generously from our experiences and our knowledge. Of course, it doesn't create a professional relationship that requires a retainer. And so the information we're providing is 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 for informational purposes only and not legal advice because your situation may be unique and you need to get professional advice um, if you're the executor of an estate or have a particular legal question or, or need a legal opinion. Uh, but with that uh, disclaimer out of the out of the way and uh, with the introductions, Jenna, why don't you just introduce this first topic we wanted to talk about today? Sure. This is a topic that is uh, top of mind for a lot of executors, and we're we're going to be talking about probate today. What is probate? When do you need it? And what's all the fuss about? Um, we'll dive in into when you should actually seek help uh, versus doing it on your own. Um, so maybe we'll start with a question for you, Gordon. Can you uh, tell us what probate is? Probate does two things. Uh, number one, uh, it confirms the validity of the will that you're submitting to the surrogate court. And number two, it provides the legal authority for the person who's making the application to become appointed as the representative of the estate of the estate. Sometimes we refer to that person as the legal representative or the personal representative of the estate. So the person who has the authority, whether you're dealing with Canada Revenue Agency or you're going in to access the investment account 
with a bank or a financial institution where you're dealing with third parties. It allows you to take control of the estate assets and you're granted that authority by the court through the application process. That's the probate process. Um, so just to clarify what we're talking about today is when somebody passes away without it, with a will, um, there's a similar process. We call it a, an application for a grant of administration if there isn't a will. Um, uh, but when we say probate, that means somebody died with a will and we have to have that will validated, point number one, and point number two, get the legal authority to actually administer the estate. And then there's a whole bunch of rules associated with going through that process, which would apply um, to the person who's um, been the successful applicant on that uh, on that application to the surrogate court. Mm -hmm. Well, and and you bring up a good point is probate is maybe not always required. Um, so in my experience dealing with the state administration, we would get probate for two main reasons. One, to transfer land that is in the deceased name alone, um, because land titles wouldn't transfer it without the grant of probate. And then the other reason that we typically get probate is if there's a substantial amount of uh, financial assets held at any one institution. And typically it's about $30,000 is the magic number. Anything over that, the, the financial institution will require the grant of probate before giving the executor authority to deal with that bank account or the investment account. Yeah, I've, what I've seen over the years, it's um, to the extent there's discretion on the part of the bank of actually requiring um, probate, they seem to be requiring it more and more um, mm -hmm. as a general trend. Obviously, each situation is different. And sometimes you can talk or convince the bank to say, um, hey, will you accept an indemnity agreement or some alternative to the normal probate process? But I think what we're seeing is Different financial institutions generally are just, um, yeah, they're 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 want they're wanting the protection that that provides, um, and so they're um, they're requiring it even for smaller accounts, uh, which I think is frustrating for the average person. But but uh, yeah, that's that's the process that that you often are are you know you often have to go through. Yeah, and I, I think the risk too for the on the financial institution's perspective is if they distribute the assets without probate and then later on another will is found, I mean, they could be held liable for reimbursing the estate. So it's it's huge risk to do that without uh, the necessary paperwork in place. And there's really no incentive for them to take that risk. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so if you're looking at it from if if I'm the lawyer for the bank, I'm going, well, just ask for the normal probate process. Why are you asking us to make an exception to the normal process? Because it's not like we're getting paid for that risk. Um, and, and we just end up, you know, if we're wrong on one case out of 100, well, that could lead to a big lawsuit with potential damages. So it's just not worth it, right? So that's a risk mitigation strategy. But uh, I, I think as estates get more complex and family dynamics get more complex, um, that there's an increased trend to say, just give us that, give us the court order, right? And then they're happy. Yeah. Well, and, and what is your experience? How long does probate typically take in Alberta? So uh, the typical process, um, I would say, if you're filing the paper application uh, with the with the surrogate court, I would we're telling clients six to eight weeks at the time of this recording, which is in uh, December of 2022. Uh, so if you're listening to this later, it may be different. It's good to check in with your advisor to say what would the process be. Now, as of June 15th of this year, they revamped 
the probate process in Alberta. Um, very significant reform. It's been the same system for years and years and made a, um, a, a very significant change. One of those changes is they've gone to um, what they call surrogate digital. So it's a digital process where you upload your information, it generates the forms and notices. Um, so without getting into the weeds of the specifics of that process, we are finding that it actually is a little bit faster. So a couple points on there. Number one, um, if you were talking to me six to eight months ago, I would be saying it'd be four to six months. I mean, mm -hmm. we were forecasting and, and certainly I think even in the fall of, of uh, 2021, it was even longer than that. We were seeing probate applications, you know, they could take 14, 16, 18 weeks to process. So we're quite happy with the reforms because now I would say on the digital side, we're maybe four to six weeks. On the paper side, we would guesstimate six to eight weeks. This assumes everything goes through properly and there's no corrections required. Um, no mistakes in the application and it's just processed in the in the normal course. So I, as as a overall statement, I would say we've moved from measuring in months to weeks, uh, which is which we're thankful for because um, people are just getting their 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 grants a little bit uh, a little bit quicker than than historically has been the case. So hopefully that takes a little bit of the edge off. I think the reputation that probate has, which it's an awful process and people go to great lengths to avoid it. Um, that it's a it's a simplified process and and turning around a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you know you bring up a good point as well that you're helping a lot of families through the application for probate and and that's one option that families can go to is is an experienced will and estate lawyer to guide them through the process, fill out the necessary forms, whether it be paper or online, and uh, and get the grant at the end of the day without too many revisions and delays. Um, so I think that's a, a great option for many, many families, um, specifically if they don't know where to start and they need help through that legal process. Uh, another option for families to get the grant to probate is to do it themselves. Um, so I've seen that work in very, very few cases, I would say, um, specifically for executors that have financial background or maybe legal background who are very detailed and uh, and get the paperwork prepared and in time and and submitted in a reasonable amount of time. Um, but most often I find that individuals do need some some guidance, um, whether it be through a lawyer or another option, uh, which is a professional executor. They can actually hire a professional trust company to act as their agent to do that work on their behalf and, and work with a lawyer as well to submit the application. So there's many options available. Um, well, doing it alone, I think it's tough. Yeah, and I think in your role when you um, were working in that trust officer role, right, I think that's one of the things you could benefit and tell the family that we could help with, right, is we know the process and not that you would complete the application. Trust companies don't, would hire a lawyer to do it, but you know which lawyer to pick yeah. and and you're familiar with the process and can take that off their list, right, um, for those that don't want to do it themselves. Yeah. The, the other point I would add to that, I think that that is helpful to um, consider in the process is, yes, I think there's a perception of it's just filling out forms, right? And mm -hmm. and from my perspective, doing it, there's a lot of value that a lawyer can bring um, because what sometimes is perceived as being a fairly straightforward situation is actually has some complexity. Mm -hmm. Well, is somebody, for example, a spouse or a partner 
like do they meet the the test for um, what's kind of co commonly referred to as a common law spouse? Well, if somebody is um, more than a boyfriend girlfriend, but is actually a partner under the Adult Interdependent Partners Act, well, that person is required to receive a notice that they may have a claim against the estate depending on the circumstances. What if there's a disabled child? Do you have to? What do, what do you do with that? Um, so there. Part of the role of a lawyer is to assess, well, who are the beneficiaries and who's entitled to notice? It's a notice based system. So that's um, if you're listening to this, I really want to um, emphasize that point is the process. The probate process is a way where you may are making an application, but it's not private. It's public and you have to give notice to the right people. And if you don't give notice to the right people, that actually may create a legal problem. So part mm -hmm. of the analysis is not just filling in forms, but it's actually making an assessment of who's entitled to notice. And then strategically, how's the best way to handle that to protect the executor, right? That's the, the role of a lawyer um, is to make sure that we're we're reducing the risk that the executor is going to make a, a mistake and ends up getting sued. And we can use our, our years of experience and our understanding of the process to make sure the application is filed in the correct manner for full protection, because if you forget to notify somebody, they could come back in the executor and say, well, you never served me. I'm making a claim against you. And it's a personal claim. It's right. And when you're when you're in the role of as an executor, there's personal responsibility for the work you're you're doing. So mm -hmm. um, yes, it, it is. You could do it yourself. And, and in some cases, you know, maybe you can get through that. But it's as the saying goes, you get hit by the train you don't see coming. Right. It's not the obvious thing. And that's where you know, there's an encouragement to get help with it because it is a it is while they have simplified the process um, that we went through in the in June of this of this year. Um, there's still a lot of different rules that affect the estate administration process and having somebody who understands those rules and how it applies to your situation is is really where they're bringing value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And and just to add one more too, if there's a minor beneficiary for the estate, public trustee's office needs to be involved. And I think that's something that most people don't realize um, as part of the probate process. Um, so when we talk about probate and and uh, the cost of probate, what 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 do you see as the cost for uh, for Alberta and, and maybe the wider Canada? Yeah. So. Um... With regard to the cost, each province levies a fee for the privilege of filing this paperwork at the at the surrogate court, right? So you go, at least uh, uh, now with things opening up, you you um, and you're not in the digital process. You would file at the at at the at the surrogate court uh, in Calgary. That's on the seventh floor, and depends on the jurisdiction uh, where you're at. So you walk over there and you file your application. In Alberta, what they're going to ding you for is $525. That's it. When I talk to um, people who have lived in other provinces, um, let's let's compare to the east and west of us, right? In BC, it's the the similar application process would draw um, a payment of approximately 1.4% of the value of the assets within within the estate that are located in in British Columbia. So. Um, Let's take, um, you know, for ease of math, a million dollar estate. The BC government is going to charge fourteen thousand dollars, give or take, for going through the probate process. In Alberta, as we've said, 
the check you've got to write or the credit card uh, payment is $525. In Saskatchewan, it's $7 for each $1,000. Um, so now you're getting into that would be about $7,000. On Ontario, about I think the 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 average there is about 1.5% of the value. So I often use BC and Ontario as kind of an example of a high probate jurisdiction. Um, and of course, if you're listening to this and in a, a different province, you know, certainly reach out to us. We can provide you the information for each particular province. But I think Alberta is one of the uh, few provinces or territories that is still considered low probate, right? Yeah. Um, so from that perspective, where it affects the advice we give is we don't get overly fussed about trying to avoid probate because if we're looking at it from a government filing fee perspective, um, you're saving $525. Now, in fairness, on top of that, of course, if your your question, Jenna, was what's the cost of probate, that obviously if you hire a lawyer or you would hire a trust company as an agent, um, there, there would be the cost of that person or entity actually doing the work, right? So we there is a suggested guideline rate um, uh, out there, which is equivalent of um, $2,250 plus 1% of the value of the estate if it's over $250,000. So there, there is an element of, you know, on a million dollar estate that could translate into, you know, a higher number. Typically lawyers will assess the amount of work and the risk <laughs> undertaken and come up with a fee it may be is generally probably not more than guideline unless it's a really small estate with complexity. Sometimes lawyers have to just go hourly um, because they're not sure of the, you know, if there's if there's problems in the estate as to how much time it's actually going to take. So there is there is a legal cost for a professional helping, but the government also assesses a fee, right? So um, it's those two elements that would be the ultimate cost. But assuming you would hire a lawyer anyway for legal advice. Really, what we're looking at is the government filing fee. So, um, you know, compared to my, if I practiced in BC, I would be spending a lot of my day trying to avoid probate. Pardon me, sorry about that. <laughs> you would try to avoid probate, yes. Um, yeah. And there's different planning techniques associated with that too. Exactly, and that's maybe for a future um, uh, podcast uh, uh, episode on that. Yeah. Well, and and what you know, it's kind of a joke in this sometimes dry industry is that Alberta is really a great place to die um, yes. because of those low probate fees that the court assesses. Um, so you mentioned that there is, you know, some some people try to avoid probate. Do you have any horror stories or any tales from the trenches that uh, that's quite common? Yeah, that was on the outline. And thanks for putting it on there because it made me think of a number of cases. Um, but one that's maybe germane to the conversation we're having here would be, I had somebody, um, this is a few years ago, came to me and, and we had the conversation about going through probate cost benefits. I gave him, and I said, the costs are probably gonna be around this much money. He goes, well, I'm gonna see, I I'm gonna see if I can try to avoid it, right? And it was about, I think about 20 months later, uh, two years later, he came to me and said, uh, I guess I gotta go through it, right? So the situation was there was about three or four banks that he was dealing with, um, and he was thinking he would be able to talk the banks into allowing him to access his mom's um, investment and deposit accounts um, and avoid going through the probate process, right? So there was an example where he convinced, I think there was four, and he convinced three that to deal with him, and he had a copy of the will, and 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 they did. 
but there was one that said no. Right. And then he came to me later. And of course, had he started in the beginning, then he would have had he, he would have been able to wrap up the estate a lot, um, a lot quicker. And sometimes the delay on the estate, I mean, the beneficiaries may not be very happy with you if you're taking all that time. So there's you're exposing yourself to claims um, from the beneficiaries of the estate, but also there's the issue of even controlling the assets that are there, right? Um, you know, if markets are fluctuating, you can't buy or sell, right? You can't invest that money. Uh, dealing with creditors, you know, how can you, if you can't access the money to pay the creditors, that's going to create a problem. And you might even have some tax issues. Uh, you know, if you had a house, real estate in the in the estate, and now maybe you're losing the principal residence exemption, right? Because now it's capital property, and now CRA wants some capital gains. So delay is generally not a good thing, and most people want to wrap up the estate. So that's an example where, you know, it probably took 20 months longer than what it should have. And then we, that was in an era where it was still taking months and months to get the probate. So by the time he realized, oh, I guess I do need it, um, had he started in the beginning, he probably would have had the estate all wrapped up. But it took another number of months and then he, then he could carry on to administer the estate. So he was in the saddle longer. It was taking longer and, you know, arguably, his trying to save the the costs associated with going through probate didn't really help anything, right? He ended up having to do it anyway. So sometimes it's better to say, you know what, let me just go through the process. We know what the rules are. We can get through it. Um, and it would just allow for the timely administration of the estate and avoiding all the downsides associated with that. Yeah. Well, and I don't think probate is necessarily a bad thing to go through. I, I think there's lots of advantages. I mean, for one, it gets the executor organized. They have to create a, a statement of assets and liabilities showing what the deceased owned. So it sets that stage of what they have to deal with, sell or transfer. Um, and then also it, it does provide information to all the beneficiaries about the process and about the assets that the executor has to deal with. So it also gives that opportunity to, to talk about those assets and to ask questions um, and just keep the executor accountable and, and organized along the way. So I actually like the process, as funny as it sounds. I think it's a positive step in the administration of an estate. And uh, and something, as you mentioned, six to eight weeks on average now is is such a short timeline um, for a more successful and, and expedient estate administration. So I, I, I do like it. Yeah, and I think the other thing it does, certainly from a legal perspective, is um, it deals with the finality of claims against the estate, right? There's a six-month limitation period that is triggered where individuals can make a claim against the estate to say, well, I don't think you did that right, or to challenge their authority, you know, advance their claims. So it does also provide the certainty of saying, if I distribute, having run that clock out, then you have some comfort to know um, that you've you've dealt with everything you need to deal with. So there's yeah. that certainly that benefit as well. But I, I do find that, um, yeah, you, you're following the normal rules and it provides a level of comfort that you're doing it the right way, right? Which is also hopefully um, creating confidence for the beneficiaries that you're doing things the way that you uh, would, uh, you know, that you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and I know that's a very uh, <clears throat> short way to explain probate and all the different ins and outs of it, but I think we've covered a lot today and, and have, uh, 
have highlighted some of the important topics. Um, I think for for me, my main message is to for an executor acting is to seek out help when you need it, um, because you don't know what you don't know, and having the right help by your side is is so important. A lawyer's perspective is always to minimize risk, right, and guide yeah. and guide through that process. Um, but if you if you are going through that process, then you um, there's sets of rules that you follow, right? And it um, it provides that comfort that you're doing it the same way um, that you know this tried and true method, as opposed to trying to trying to avoid it. And I think with some of the reforms in Alberta, um, that hopefully there's less emphasis on trying to avoid it and um, seeing the benefits associated um, with that process. But one of the first requirements for for somebody to determine, right? Do they need to go through probate or not? So it is something to get some legal advice on. And I really appreciate your point of, of saying that that you can hire professionals. So you're not doing this alone because sometimes it's a very overwhelming task, right? So, um, you know, having people walking alongside of you to help you make decisions. Um, I think on complex things uh, in life, we do that, right? If you don't understand that noise coming from your car, you go to the mechanic, right? Because, you know, do you really want to do it yourself, right? There could be problems. And I think the uh, the probate process um, has lots of benefits and uh, hopefully with the simplification is something that's less daunting. Um, but yeah, the, the message I would say, I really appreciate that last point, Jenna, because one of the first things you have to determine is surrounding yourself with the right professionals, right? The right people to help you make decisions. Uh, what does that look like? And I think that's an important first step in the estate administration process. And uh, and 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 one of that would be, okay, do I need to go through probate? What are the advantages? Get some advice on that and, and make a good informed decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with that, I think that's a good closing remark. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I uh, I had fun with you, Gordon. And yes. next next episode will be all about where to store your estate documents so your executor or attorney and your enduring power attorney can find them if they need them. So we'll see you next time. Take care.